same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the same thank you bandello and welcome once again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri. And with me, as always, is my Viltramite. Uh, <laughs> my Rexplode. I knew that one was coming. <laughs> uh, the family dynamics in this damn cartoon and comic. Hits Bear. <laughs> I saw the Rexplode one coming. I knew that one, that one was well, going to be there. If there's Jason Manzoukas, you use Jason Manzoukas. <laughs> and with us, as always, the lovely and talented, the Baroness, Ms. Jennifer Howland. Thank you, Bear. And my distinct pleasure is to introduce our guest. And our guest today is Bill Jackson. Welcome, Bill. Yes. Hey, Bill. The the uh, one of the the people that I had a list when we first started this uh, this show almost two years ago and fifty plus episodes. Uh, you were on that list, and I think you are the last one that I'm crossing off. Uh, I see. To be like, I want to talk. And okay. Tay-tay. And a personal, <laughs> a personal uh, uh, honor because this is the person that got me into the Invincible comic way back in the day. Handed me an omnibus of issues zero to forty-seven. Uh, it's the first nine graphic novels in one big ass book. Uh, you got that back, right? It's around here somewhere. Okay, okay, good. So you do have it. Uh, I know I had it for a while because it took me a while to get through it. But I've, I've moved like six times, so yeah, now. Uh, so, Bill, uh, this is your first time on the show so please give us a, a history of uh, you and comic books and how they are in your life and you know what they mean to you yeah um i'm a you know 90s kid so i grew up um my first comic that i clearly remember getting was a larry hammer gi joe my dad bought it for me because i was big into gi joe as a kid like huge and i get these comics and let me tell you the comic gi joe and the cartoon gi joe are very different animals yes <laughs> Like, that is, the comic G.I. Joe is bloody. Like, people die all the time. So it's like uh, Warren Ellis's take on G.I. Joe uh, Resolute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where he um, kills, like, a bunch of Joes in the opening 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I read, like, I didn't, like, go and collect. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. We didn't have a comic store. So this was, like, I'd pick up comics here and there if they sounded cool at the grocery store. Um, and so I got had kind of a very, very random collection. Um, then, you know, the 90s and uh, the X-Men cartoon got me into the X-Men books. Um, and then there was kind of a big break in, in me and comics. Like, you know, in, like, third grade, everybody was into the Marvel trading cards. Yeah, I have yeah. those have mine at home so in my mom's basement somewhere <laughs> um, you may hear some meowing in the background that's just my cat that's that's fine um, folks turn into a wait it's already a cat it's already a cat what do you do then <laughs> I, I make it a double cat is it a glitch in the matrix yes other than that uh you know just kind of sort of low-key kept an eye on comics for a while uh then our friend lucas who uh, we all know is a big comic fan uh, just started handing me comics when i was in college with him he was just on our episode uh, on Old Boy, our last episode. Yeah, and then then uh, you and I moved in above the uh, the comic book store, and that's when I started collecting again. So. Yeah, and another shout out to Limited Edition out in Cedar Falls. Yes, we lived above a comic book store, and I worked in it at the same time. It was not it was not a great like money making endeavor. Hey, listen, it could have been a lot worse. You could have lived right above a bar that you were working in. Also true. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> uh they're they're very similar um except i suppose 
the comic book store, at least you have a comic book uh, and you remember reading them. Yeah, uh, yeah, you were at least kind of trying to expand your brain and I was just expanding my liver. <laughs> so, uh, Bill, what are your current favorites? What are a few of your go-to comic books? I'm real behind in all of them. Uh, just because I, you know, I moved to a different state, I don't have a good comic store right now. But I sort of keep an eye on uh, Bat Family books for DC. This is the it's the only DC I've barely ever been able to get that into. Um, and I stopped. Captain America is my favorite, but I stopped reading him around the time Nick Spencer took over. I can't imagine why. Right? Yeah, a lot of people do the same thing. Uh... Yeah. It's one of those things I didn't mean to get back into. I just haven't for a while. Um, other than that, I've got kind of a, a random collection. Um, some stuff that isn't superheroes is. Uh, uh, Giant Days by John Allison. It is a continuation of the webcomic he's been writing for like two decades. Okay. So it's it's good stuff. It's about uh, college kids in Britain. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, for today, we watched the first season of Invincible and read the first graphic novel, which is the first four comics. Um, so, you know, obviously a season of a TV show is going to get a lot more uh, in-depth uh, than the first four issues of a comic. But uh, Bill is our is our resident. Like I said, you you introduced me to Invincible back in the day before I even know who uh, Robert Kirkman was. Uh, Walking Dead wasn't even on the radar at the time that I think you handed me the first, the first comic. So um, what do you, uh, you know, what did you think of the show? I liked it a lot. It was like, it was exactly what my memories of the comic were. I hadn't read the comic in probably six or so years. So it, going into it, it's exactly kind of what I, what it was in my head. So it was a little weird actually going back and reading the first few, few books because everything happens, all everything that happens in the book um, happens in the comic, but it's not in quite the same order and it's expanded on a lot. So it's sort of what you sort your brain fills in. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things that Jen and I discussed. Um, lots of world building off the bat, which was kind of cool. Um, the only thing that was weird to me is in, I don't remember if it gets there in the comics again for only the first four issues is what I refreshed myself on. Do they ever in the comic explain how normal people got superpowers? Not that I remember. It's like it, like a like a lot of comic universes, it's very much a case of there's just a world where the stuff that gives you superpowers happens a lot. Right, right. Kind of kind of you know see of heroes-ish uh for yeah. the you know it was science, it was mystic, it was you know Damien Darkblood is a demon. He has powers. Um, you know, demon. He's a demon. Um, that was the only part of the world building I think that was kind of left out. But I mean, if you're willing to just go with it and be like, okay, well, it's a superhero world. Uh, pretty easy to to suspend that disbelief. Uh, Bear, what did you think of the the show? Well, considering that we sat down and we binged it all basically in one day um, at your place because I don't have Amazon Prime, um, I I was a little floored. That was arguably one of the best animated series I have seen in in ever, really. Um, uh, it really kind of kept me on the edge of my seat. It was one of those series where I was like, no, no, it's got to be this, right? Like, this has got to be the reason why why the plot is happening the way the plot is happening. And then, you know, you get the uh, the left turn. Uh, oh, and I guess we're spoiling. So um, when, you, when you get to the end and you're like, Manchurian Candidate Dad. What, what the, <laughs> the ever-living fuck, Manchurian Candidate Dad? Right, because you're expecting the classics, uh, you know, uh, somehow the classic comic book, well, he's not really a bad guy, or, or somehow yeah, you're, he's you're expecting or there's, there's something else going on. somewhere. Right. So, 
the thing that I am still curious about, and maybe it will get answered, is why was the what, what was the government guy's name? The gray hair Cecil. Cecil. Why did Cecil get rid of dark dark blood? Blood. Uh, because he knew that Nolan had killed the guardians, but he wasn't ready. He wanted to know the reason. He needed to know before it got out. And basically, Dark Blood was about to be like, "Well, telling everybody." Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's that seems very anticlimactic for that character and what that character was able to do and. Like so, it, it made it seem that it just it just made it seem like Cecil had more to hide than just that. I mean, that's big, right? But it seemed like there was more to it, and I don't know if that was just to make Cecil look like the bad guy more. But I don't know. I thought it could have been done better. Yeah, this is something, uh, especially since I started reading and recording for conversations, that I refer to as the Maria Hill problem. Um, Maria Hill's a great character, usually very straightforward, really capable until there's a, like a big event and then maria hill is the first character that uh writers at marvel are like and maria hill is going to be on the bad side for really no reason making horrible decisions like it happens in civil war it happens in civil war Two. it happens in uh secret invasion like it just consistently happens but if you read the comics where a big event is not happening maria hill is a great character and yeah, she just develops a care uh, a case of having to drive the conflict every time there's a big event yes yeah i mean it's uh oh, well, why don't they kill her? Well, and that's the thing. It, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, she I like it. Like, she's like, oh, you're so useful. And then you go to the bad side. N no. Because, because it's a big event. So WrestleMania is coming up. So it's time for Maria Hill's heel turn. Mm. <laughs> Okay. I mean, because ostensibly in peace No one goes up against the Sicilian. Right, when death is on the line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and I think she is more of also a representation of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, because S.H.I.E.L.D. is government, S.H.I.E.L.D. is authority, S.H.I.E.L.D. is like the police, um, which is great up until there's like a large event and then you have to make that entity bad for some reason, question mark profit. <laughs> something, something, something. Right. Profit, yeah. <laughs> so speaking I mean, of Damien Darkblood. Yeah, no, go. Uh, speaking of Damien Darkblood, he like the co the cartoon did him much better than the comics. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I and that's why I was like, but why did you do that? Because that was an interesting character, and you could have done a lot with that character. And Clancy Brown. And Clancy Brown. In the we, it's not in the the comics we covered for this, but like how that it just sort of peters out for him in them, and it's not nearly like this is at least more satisfying than, than the comic book. Right, it's it's at least he shows up several times. He is he is really driving the plot, and and I think another thing for for Cecil to have, have vanished in is uh, Damien being in play, quote unquote, um, ratchets up the tension and the timetable. Yeah, for Cecil. Yeah. So basically, by the time Damien's figured it out, Damien's already planted enough seeds with uh with uh, the mom the mom yeah um, i can't remember <laughs> right um mom so there's still pressure there's still a timetable right. that was just cecil buying just a little more time right right but you know also we have no idea how damien got out of hell so maybe he'll come maybe yeah again too interesting of a character to right do. yeah well i mean i'm pretty sure he was pulled through a portal that was opened on you know an island over off the coast of europe that was opened by rats Sputin working with the Nazis. Um, and I mean, what will he do now? I mean, right? Elon Musk is going to be on Saturday Night Live. He's busy. <laughs> oh, that's right. That shit show is tonight. Yes, it is. Uh, 
Elon Musk and Miley Cyrus on Saturday Night Live. I know. It's oh. a fire, fire, train wreck. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> As this is now airing two months from now, we'll see. You can go back and yeah, go it. back and watch it. Um, so, Bill, what were you saying about Damien? Just that he got done dirty in the comics at the end when his when his whole plot thread just sort of peters out. Yeah. Whereas in the cartoon, they they actually like. They pack. They send him away, and it's kind of kind of rough, but like it makes sense. It, make, it works a lot better, I think, this way. Right. No, absolutely. And uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see that character again because he was just the right levels of. I think uh, was it when I was watching with you, or when I was watching with. Bear? I think it was when I was watching with Bear that uh, we were saying he's Roshak and um, and Hellboy combined. Hellboy put together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not quite as interesting as either. Well, Almost. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. more interesting than Rorschach, but less interesting than Hellboy. Right. So uh, we would be completely remiss talking about you know this show if we just didn't talk about just how how much of a of a cast they put together for a prime cartoon. You know. Well, I feel like um, also I like the show. Yes. And I know I jumped in on Bear when he was talking about it, but I really liked the series. Um, and I totally agree with him that this is probably by far one of the better or best um, animated series that I've seen. Um, and I feel like we're kind of in a sweet spot right now in attracting talent to this type of a project because people like being a nerd about comics or superheroes or whatever is not something that you receive derision right. from the general populace anymore. It's, it's you know, it's popular. It's People are, are not being given a hard time because they like this. In fact, quite the opposite. Right. And I think that there are many people, many of these famous voices that are happy to do this kind of a project because, it, I mean, voice work isn't easy, but it's a lot easier than being on set to do live action. And if it's a, a topic that you are interested in and a and a storyline that you're interested in why not i mean go ahead and regale us with this cast list because it's fucking phenomenal right so Stephen Ewan, who was uh, Glenn in Walking Dead, uh, Sandra O, oh, uh, J.K. Simmons, Zazie Beetz, Gray Griffin, Kevin Michael Richardson, Jillian Jacobs, Zachary Quinto, uh, Jason Manzukas, Clancy Brown, Mark Hamill, uh, Mahershala Ali, Seth Rogen, Gary Anthony Williams. I mean, just, yeah. And then that's just pulling some out. Like, there are some names that I don't uh, recognize, but I'm sure, like, Walter Goggins, who did, Walton Goggins, who did Cecil like I look at him I'm like oh yeah it's that guy uh it's that guy that's been like a bad guy everywhere you know right. all over the place and you're like yeah. oh yeah I should know exactly all the stuff that he's in but I don't yeah. right half, half my notes are how great this cast is yeah, yeah. well and, and also I mean when you're doing voice work there's there's two ways you can go you know like if Ron Perlman is doing a voice, you know, in a, in a, I know it's Ron Perlman. Like I can pick out Ron. He has such a distinctive voice. And there are certain actors that are very much that way. J.K. Simmons is absolutely one of those actors. Yeah. That the moment you hear him, you're like, is that J.K. Simmons? <laughs> oh, oh no, you can't. You can't even not say that's J.K. Simmons. Right. No, like I have in my notes here, uh, J.K. Simmons as as Nolan is basically Tenzin from uh, Korra, but evil, and it works. Oh, I seen Cora. Mm. Oh yeah, he 
uh, spoilers, you find this out in the first like five seconds. Uh, he's Cora's mentor throughout the, the beginning of the show. He teaches her stuff. So like him teaching Mark, like if you've also watched Cora, that really works. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, it really does now that I think about it. Yeah. And, and another another voice that as soon as as soon as the character spoke for the first time, I didn't know Jason Manzoukas was in this. I told you Jason Manzoukas was in this. I didn't remember that yeah. until I, I heard like, his voice. Jesse Beats and Jason Manzoukas and Jason Manzuka's character is explode. <laughs> like, how could they not say we have to have Jason Manzuka? He's for this he's absolutely perfect. He's yeah. he's such a tool. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and he's really leaned into that. I mean, yes. Jason Manzoukas is an actor. You think about all of the things that he's been in recently that you're like, holy shit. I think the only thing that I even considered kind of kind of out of character for him was when he was a uh, TikTok man in John Wick. Um, yeah. Because he, he wasn't his over-the-top everything Crazy. must be. Crazy you know, to yeah. 11, yeah. Yeah, he was he was random homeless man spy. Yeah. Um, but again, Jason Manzoukas. Just, yeah. You know, and then. Well, but he's got to show that he's got some right. <laughs> right. And then no matter what voice he's doing, I can pick Mark Hamill now with his career of, of voice work out of anywhere. And it's just a delight when he does voice work. I don't know. Any other, uh, any other performances that you all were like, oh my God, just so spot on? Um, the Mahler brothers, actually. Kevin Michael Richardson as the, the Mahler twins. Uh, that's exactly kind of how they sound in my head. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, and in fact, this reread, uh, I, I don't know if it was that way before, but all of these voices while I'm reading the book, spot on. Um, you know, there there are a few characters that 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 stick with me. Um, oh, what's his name? Jake Johnson now is is Peter Parker in my mind permanently oh, yeah. after Into the Spider Verse. Uh, you know, no matter if he's being like you know top of the world Peter or down in his luck Peter, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's just a, a perfect choice for a voice. So yeah, really hoping that we're going to see more like this um so uh this is going to be for for bear and jen because uh bill you we, you and i had read it so it was not a shock um the end of the first episode when everything goes from this is cartoony and whatever to blood fest and then the blood fest very much stays throughout the rest of the series yeah but how was that transition you know were you expecting it? Were you, you know, had any trailers like? No. Okay. No. Well, I mean, and I, I kind of went into like when we watched the trailers for this, and then we started watching the first episode. It, you know, even though it kind of on the surface appears to be like, oh, it's this teenage kid that's a superhero, and you know, is is this going to be like Power Rangers? Is this going to be, you know, like a little bit of Saturday morning teenage drama? Um, um, and then just superhero stuff. And I should have known, knowing the people, like the just the voice, the actors, the voice talent involved, that it would be far more nuanced and in depth. And I'm sure by now our listeners know that I love, I love action movies. I love violence. I like blowing things up. That's great. <laughs> and so when it did that, I was like, you have my attention, sir. <laughs> You had my interest. Yeah. Now you have my attention. Exactly. Because <laughs> I stroke my invisible cat. <laughs> I was uh, I was kind of worried that this was going to be another one of the uh, the like teen dramas that you so oh so frequently pull me into, and then just and I'm yes. just sitting there going like, oh, I don't care who's dating who. Like, do we have to do this again? And Thank then you, Bear. yeah. <laughs> 
And then we see the uh, the the murder fest that was the end of the first episode, and I'm like, all right, sold. Um, how do I how do I see the rest of this? Oh, Prime, shit. Okay, well, it's like it looks like I'm gonna be watching it here. Better bring beer. Uh, my yeah. wife went watched uh, the first episode with me, and she went in blind as well, and did not see it coming. It just, yeah. I mean, I didn't necessarily see it coming either, having read the book because. You know, the theories of events is very different than in the comic. The the general storyline is the same. But like I said, there's a lot more world building. There's a lot more relationships. You know, we... we well, you're not introduced to the gu- Guardians of the Globe until in the comic. Right. You're not introduced to them until... Right before they die. Yeah. 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 Like that... that- that sequence in the in the uh, the show where they're all like at the, at their various lives um, yeah. that happens almost immediately before they're all killed in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So um, one of the other big actors that I didn't even realize was the voice for this but I loved their little bit of story. And it goes with the world building is Steve, the uh, stepfather guard at the White oh, House. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. John Hamm. Yeah, I knew that too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, and again, it's those little, and this is a very Robert Kirkman thing. It's just those little um, random slice of life things because there's two times that he shows up. The first one is the first episode. And the second one is when he takes his stepson, you know, to England or Paris? Europe. Paris. Yeah, and, well, and Europe. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, and they have a, a moment, you know, of bonding. bonding and it's it has nothing to do with the rest of it. Right. You know, but it's like, okay, you know, I, I'm in. There are real people here. It makes the stakes more important, you know, to understand that there's the rest of the world out there. Right. I, I mean, it, it really does in a very simple and entertaining way. It, it shows you how removed the superheroes are, even though their whole goal is protect people like how removed they are from actual those lives. Right. Um, any other points leaving the floor open? The world building in the ca- cartoon was really good. Like I like how Mark spent the first couple episodes not really being good at flying at all. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and I mean in the in the comic it's like he has the scene where he's like okay it's like a reflex and he steps off of his roof and he can fly. Yeah. Um, you know I, I, I do like that. I especially like uh, the, the parts that were added where Nolan is saying things like it's like any muscle you need to flex and you know to speed up and you need to build those muscles and eventually you know who knows you might be as fast as me or or whatever um yeah just really just a really interesting take because they you know from the beginning that nolan is a bad guy so that's not the shock you know, they could have easily um, not had the scene at the end of the first episode and just had it that the Guardians of the Globe were killed and, uh, you know, Omni-Man was taken to uh, to the hospital or the secret lair or whatever. Um, and then have that scene at the end of the first episode as the reveal toward the end. Well, but I think that they did it in a way. It's like, yeah, you see that he kills all these people in the show, but you're like, is he being controlled? You don't know. You don't know. Right. That he, you don't know sure that that he you know that he was just in the day yeah one, one thing i liked about how they moved everything around is there's a lot of a lot of plot lines in the the cartoon happen out happen in the comic after the reveal with nolan after he he leaves so you get him around for his reactions to thing like when he when uh mark is helping out titan and he helps him and like you know go deal with machine head right that happens after uh nolan leaves earth in the comics so you've got him mark talking about hey i'm going to help this guy and nolan being like 
you don't need to help him. He's not important. Giving the, right. the hints at the whole Vitruvian thing going on. Right. There. Yeah. And I have to just say, who was Machine? Who who did the voice of Machine Head? Machine Head was Jeffrey Donovan. So the 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 auto tune, like not full on auto tune of Machine Head's voice, was but pretty damn close. Yeah. Chef's kiss. It was exactly what I wanted Machine Head to sound like. I was just like, I, this is. I get to see Daft Punk on a cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, well, there was there was enough uh, Jeffrey Donovan still there that I was kind of wondering if his henchman was going to turn out to be voiced by Bruce Campbell and he was going to steal his yogurt. Uh. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Donovan, Ezra Miller uh, was in one episode. Uh, he was D.A. Sinclair, so he was the, the evil robot-making guy. Oh, okay. Uh, at the campus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, probably my favorite little nod, and he's only in one episode, but I caught it in the comic, too, when I reread. And it's a joke that translated over to the cartoon. The name of uh, Mark's high school is Reginald Vell Johnson High. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson being the actor in, like, Family Matters and the cop in Die Hard. Mm -hmm. He voiced the principal in the one episode that the principal shows up. So you actually had Reginald Vell Johnson in, involved in this, and obviously Robert Kirkman's a fan because he named the high school after him <laughs> when he made this comic forever ago. And it's just like, it's the subtlest little nod, but yeah. it's like so perfect. Well, and it's like, come on, you're creating a world, why not do all these things that you want to do? It's right? fantastic. Um, so also, we know it's really hard to come up with. <laughs> That's real. Um, so the... Uh, we read four issues. Um, I will say, again, little different in the comic, but if you want to get ahead off of season one, I think the season one arc is the what, third graphic novel. I mean, basically it's one through three. I mean, it's up to like issue 15. It's not that far into the series. Um, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember. Um, but like Bill said, a lot of stuff happens afterwards. So if you want, if you like this world, keep in mind, there are three omnibuses, so they must be up to at least issue 150 by now. Uh, now I need to look up the, um, uh, I think it goes up to 140 something, but also there's annuals and right, right. So there's a lot here, and if you like this world, by all means, I mean check it out because it's pretty awesome. 144 issues. Yep, and uh, this is not a series that that is still going. Uh, although with the success of the show, who knows? Um, but it is it is 144 and and, and done with annuals. Um, yeah, just uh, it's a high recommend for me. And I'm trying. To, I was trying to think of any other, like you guys said, cartoon or animated show based on a comic book or anything that we've done that I liked as much of the as this. And I, for, I mean, the Harley Quinn cartoon, but probably for different reasons. Yeah. Okay. Um, but this did have like the drama that I look for that. Baron Jen don't. Uh, you know, it had that. Yes, but it was couched under like explosions and, you know, withering aliens and splattering like giant monsters and things like that. So I was like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah. Rexplode cheated on Adam Eve with duplicate technically multiple times. 
<laughs> at the same time. At, at the, the same, same time. time. But like, okay, fine. That's whatever. Like it, that that was so minuscule an amount of time. It, it was there to further the plot. It served its purpose, but then they just moved on. Right. Like they didn't sit and dwell on it for three episodes. Oh my God. I can't believe he cheated on me. And like, we're three episodes later. How are we still, how are we still talking about this? There's aliens that are popping up downtown. Like we need to move on here. Well, I also think that it speaks to the character of Adam Eve is that that even though she was hurt by that she was mature enough I guess to to move on realizing there were more important things and the same thing with her relationship with her parents um you know the the whole which felt kind of gross at first because I was like what's up with the dad why is he being like that is he like sexually abusive to her other than being just a terrible like a terrible person in general a terrible white man. Yes. Um, a terrible conservative white man. You need to stay in the house and learn and how to a do woman. like yeah. like laundry and cooking. And but then there was this. The, there was that brief scene before she took off and ran, basically ran away from home, where he was just like, "I want. I'm trying to protect you." And you know, yeah, <laughs> you're, it's okay. So you're you're completely going about it the wrong way. But okay, that I could see a glimmer of an action parent not a white man trying to control his women right I think yeah, a lot, I, go ahead i think a lot of the what you were picking up with the uh possible abuse was the wife's um reactions yeah. in the background yeah, yeah. she was flinching and cringing yeah. and, and sorry that you know trigger warnings for for me right <laughs> so yeah i i think that I potentially read more into that scene than was intended because of because of stuff I'm aware of. Well, it's also weird because you have to also remember that it's animated. So yeah. those those choices were actively yeah. put in. It's not like Well, and that's kind of why I, I, I mentioned it because right. it felt like the intent was that this man, if she were not a superhero, would be a threat to her. Right. You know, even though he's a, her father, it felt like he was a threat to her and the only reason that she was safe from that threat was because she could dissolve him or turn him into a monkey or whatever. Um, You know, it wasn't until right before she left where he said, I'm just like where he actually appeared to be a parent where mm. he's like i don't know what to do i'm trying to protect you and you know i i can't i can't help well he's trying to protect but he is not at all trying to support right right which- is at this point more important because you can only be protected for so long and they're all in high school at this point so right 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 but she's 18 they that's specifically yeah. referred to so he says it you know in that yeah. argument so, yeah. yeah and then she leaves and her parents get rid of Rita who's voiced by Julie Jacobs <laughs> you're the worst she's a GDP <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, there are so many things about parenting that are so hard that I think that it's really difficult to, to, it's just hard. It's a hard job. It's a hard job to, to get over your own fear and your own shit to be able to protect your child from the world, but also get to the point where you're supporting them in, in helping them become a person and move on into the world. It's, it's really hard. Sorry, Bill. You're in for a rough ride. (laughs) But it's the best. I just, I I love parents that are like, yeah, it's such a horrible, thankless, hard job, but it's great. 
Well, it, I mean, it's the equivalent of, ooh, this tastes horrible. Try this. <laughs> it is, but it's not. And the thing is, is like, it's the, the, the reward that you get. Like, my kids, I genuinely love spending time with them. They are smart, thoughtful, intelligent, well-spoken people. And I just like having conversations with them. And that's my reward for all of the stuff I went through. <laughs> And we'll continue to go through for them and with them and because of them. Yeah, my my kid's three and like we were chilling out on the couch earlier watching Spider-Man and she loves it. And like it's hard, you know, at... You know, two in the morning when she wakes up and she's sick, but mm-hmm. getting to like, you know, just hang out and do stuff and show her things that I like and, you know, see if she likes them too. That's great. Yeah. And that's how you make, a, that's how you build a relationship with that person. It's just the same as friends. I mean, yeah. you find common interests and you build on them. And that's how you, that's how you create that relationship as a parent, which, you know, in this show, it's interesting because you see Adam Eve and her parents are kind of um, stereotypical, like 50s parents where, you know, they're not really involved with their child. They just, you know, like house them, feed them and they must listen. And you can contrast that with, you know, Omni-Man and his wife bringing up Mark and how involved they are, which is also interesting that the mother was not really a character in the comic. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and that's, that brings up one of the other points I had, um, something that hit you while I was watching it with you that I was kind of watching for, but you reacted a lot more than I thought you would is when Nolan refers to her as a pet. Yeah. Like you reacted like someone had slapped you. (laughs) Like like you actually like started standing up a little bit. Like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) which also happens in the comic, but I don't think delivered quite the same punch. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Boy. Yep. Um, I had something else. He's gone to the. Oh, um, Bill, you were talking about moments as a parent and showing stuff, stuff that it, you know that your kid like. Yeah. Um, my crowning achievement, the thing that I hold up as my stepfather prize, <laughs> is that when Ashley chose her name, she chose it because she had watched Army of Darkness with me. That's amazing, right? <laughs> I love it. So, uh, and we even call her Ash. It's great. Fantastic. <laughs> and now she wants to watch the, the first two Evil Dead movies. I was like, well, you can just watch two. And... Yeah, two is really, uh, really everything that was good from one. Right. Yeah. It's the same story with better stuff added and bad stuff completely removed. And production values. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's... Yeah. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to see a little, you know, a little tree rape going on in there? And Everyone well. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like you have to watch it just to believe that somebody actually put that to film and that it's still selling. When I was big into film and stuff and living with Chris Hanwell, I had a book that was all of the stories collected for making the first Evil Dead. And they interviewed that actress who talked about she had completely forgotten about filming that scene until she was sitting in the premiere and her parents were next to her. Oh, no. <laughs> like, uh oh. Oh, yeah, this is coming up. Right. (laughs) So anyway, um, Invincible. Uh, You know, uh, we read first four issues. Bill, you read the whole run? Um, I have read the whole run in the past. I 
for refreshing before this, I got up to about issue 20. Okay. Uh, Bear, will you continue to read this comic? Uh, this is definitely one. I mean, it follows pretty religiously alongside the... The, the cartoon from what I saw, the series from what I saw. So it's one of those ones like, do I need to keep reading? Could I just keep watching? I think I could probably just keep watching and be fine. Um, I will definitely keep watching, you know, when it's available. Um, keep reading? Yeah, sure. I mean... I, I wouldn't I wouldn't turn it down if it was put in front of me, but uh, you know, like I said, at this point in time, it's kind of one of those, eh, if I can get it in video form, it's probably quicker and easier to digest. Yeah. Thank you, Bear, for saying that. <laughs> 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 because I, I feel similarly. I, I, at this point, have so much to consume myself um, and read that uh, I would recommend this. I would absolutely recommend the full run yeah, to anyone. Yeah, same. same um, but um, I will most likely watch, continue to watch. Okay. Uh, I, I will probably end up picking this up uh, when we have our larger bookshelves and I can start to store more stuff. I'm sure I will I will, I will probably even get the, the omnibuses. You, or... you understand that we cannot own everything that we do for the show. We, we don't. No, we don't have a, unless you're going to get a storage locker. <laughs> hey, I'm, work, I'm already working on buying all the movies and series that we've been doing for the, for the show. Well, and and, and I have seen that occasionally Comixology will have all of the di digitally, mm -hmm. um, you know, for, for a pretty good sale. So I'll probably also pick it up or, you know, end up picking it up that way. Um, but yeah, so... Sooner or later, we'll get around to building your shelves. Don't worry. Right? <laughs> I mean, you could, you could just build on it. Your giant garages are all the rage out there. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, double... I don't have double my... my property to spare yeah. uh from my house i don't have another house i can construct um but yeah i will i will definitely continue watching for sure uh you know depending on how how much more investment this show takes as we do more and more series and fewer and fewer movies <laughs> uh but bill thank you so much for for joining us uh, and, and I hope we can get you back again. Yeah, it was good to be on. I hope you had fun. <laughs> That's the goal. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely, uh, as we are alternating our shows between Rec Conversations and Graphically Novel, next week we will not have a Graphically Novel, but you can hear me again as I talk about Secret Wars. And oh God, this was painful. <laughs> uh, the new Secret Wars, by the way, not the toy commercial. Um, and then uh, in two weeks, we will be back with uh, Bear's brother, uh, Luke to do two guns, which I didn't even know was a comic. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I had to pull that one out for you. That was uh, that was kind of entertaining watching you go, huh? What? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, take it away, Vandello. Different than yours, pretty 
but nothing's ever as it seems. Oh!